one of my favorite things about this place is the night sky. It, it is like when, when the campfires die down and it gets a little bit later and the moon is up and you step out of your camper, it, it's like you're in a planetarium. And every time we've been there, we see shooting stars. We bring our telescope. We use the star finding apps. Um, there was a, a rocket launch in Florida, and I actually saw the rocket do an afterburn sitting on the beach from Montauk. I thought I was looking at a comet. I called a good friend of mine who lives in Florida, and he said, no, we just had a rocket launch. And he, he laughed at me. Amazing. But it's, it's amazing. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. Authors of See You at the Campground, a guide to discovering community, connection, and a happier family in the great outdoors. Ten years ago, we bought a pop-up camper that changed our lives and introduced us to the joys of RV travel. Join us now as we talk about where to camp, what gear to bring, and the best food to cook. We'll also keep you dialed in with the latest RV innovations for people in the know. Pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome back onto the show my camping buddy, Phil Travaglia. And Phil is here today to give us a review of, I think it's fair to say, one of his favorite campgrounds, and that's Hither Hills Campground in Long Island, New York, out in Montauk. Now, I have wanted to review this campground for years, and I kept thinking I would get there. And I did not get there. So finally, I said, Phil, you've got to come on and give us a really, really good review of Hither Hills Campground. So, Phil, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yes. And last time you were on, I think we did a gear guide episode together, right? Yes. Yeah, that was great. That was a lot of fun. And I really appreciate the chance to do that. Well, I, you're sort of like my gear opposite. Like I'm a gear maximalist and I have to try everything. And I feel like you're a gear minimalist, but you, you still love gear, but you're very precise and minimal in what you collect, you know? So uh, I think we make a good pair to talk about gear. So Uh, that's also a, also a way to maintain marital marital happiness as well. <laughs> oh, oh, trust me. I've gotten into plenty of trouble over the amount of camping gear in my garage. So as we have all our <laughs> correspondence on the show this fall and winter, I'm also kind of just wanting to catch up with everybody and see what their camping season was like over this crazy summer of COVID. So did you got did your family get out much? Did you get some good trips in? Did you have to cancel a lot of trips? What was what was summer and fall like for you? You know, we uh we did uh, like yes to pretty much everything you said there. We we were able to get out. Um our first trip was uh at the Newburgh KOA and that was the first time like the family left town pretty much since the whole COVID pandemic <laughs> kicked in and it was really like a cathartic experience to us. I mean, like we were out in, in nature and the campground was relatively empty. We had the whole place to ourselves and we just, it was it like breathed some new life into us. And we, we were able to get there uh, for two different weekends. And then our main trip was wound up. Uh, we wanted to go to Myrtle beach and we wound up having to cancel that. And, um, but we, we did a last minute trip to Cape Cod and we were actually really lucky to, uh, to get to uh, Cape Cod at um, the campgrounds 
right? Uh, Atlantic off the bike Oaks. And, yes, Atlantic Oaks. And it was amazing. We had a blast. We rode our bikes a ton. We were outside the whole time. We didn't feel, you know, threatened by the, the, the viral situation. And, and, you know, it was, uh, again, it just kind of helped us feel normal. Um, yeah, that's we had such a, a bunch of trips that we yeah, we had a bunch of trips that we did have to cancel. We were actually scheduled to go to Montauk in May a couple of times. And we had to cancel those and, um, you know, weekend trips here and there. But, you know, we we were able to get out when we could and make the most of it. And, um, you know, we did get uh, we did get our camping in. And it was I, I think it was the one thing that for myself personally helped, you know, deal with the stress and kept me feeling sane you know it was uh it was it was therapeutic as well as recreational and um you know that's uh we're very lucky that we're able to get out i think that a lot of our listeners are nodding their heads right now to that idea that you know camping was maybe one of the few things that made you feel normal this year and it was therapeutic so i'm super excited to talk to you about hither hills you've been trying to get our family out there for years and i'm going to promise you on air right right now we will get out there but the responsibility of the review is on you today but before we dive in we have a sponsored message from our friends at go power go power has been the industry leader for mobile solar systems and solutions since 1996 their high quality solar Chargers, inverters, controllers, and power accessories offer a durable, dependable, and cost-effective solution for mobile power needs where grid power is inaccessible, unavailable, or unsustainable. GoPower not only makes the best equipment, they also offer the best support. The GoPower support section on their website offers technical support, installation assistance, and answers to frequently asked questions. There's never been a better time to add a GoPower solar system. And in fact, you would do great having a GoPower solar system out on Montauk at Hither Hills. Uh, but it's time to really consider adding solar and hitting the open road. And with over 1 million solar panels sold and 25 years of experience through the brand to trust for your mobile power. Our needs. To find out more, visit gpelectric.com and follow them on Instagram at GoPowerSolar. All right, Phil, break it down for us. Like for, for people who don't know where Montauk is and where Hither Hills is, where is the campground located? Sure. So Hither Hills is located on the eastern end of Long Island. Uh, and the Long Island is, has a, a fork at the end. There's a north fork and a south fork. And Hither Hills is on the south fork and it's on the, the southern coastline of the South Fork right up on the Atlantic Ocean. And it's uh, it's about 120 miles, I believe, from Manhattan. But it's uh, it's like you're in another world out there. Long Island is long. I mean, I'm not trying to be corny. Like, yeah. that's the reason I never get out yeah. there is it seems so close because it's in New York State. But I think for, for me, from the Jersey Shore, I'm looking at almost like six hours to get out there. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it was properly named, that's for sure. And uh, so Hither Hills, it's uh, it's a 1,700 acre park, and it's it's right on the ocean. The whole campground is uh, I should say 1,700 acre yeah park. The whole campground is is separated from the ocean by a single row of dunes, and uh, it's just it's just an amazing place. You know, we've I've had friends tell me over the years, you've got to go here, you got to check it out, and it's been a very hard place to get reservations. And I never kind of bought into it and thought everybody was making too much to do over it, and then. About two years ago, we went for the first time in the fall, and it just blew me away. And it's just an amazing place. It's uh, it's set up into two loops. There's an eastern loop and a western loop, 
There's about 170, 180 sites. And then there's a camping, uh, a tent camping loop off on the very behind the east end north of it, where uh, it's just tents only, no generators or anything like that. Uh, and basically, you're allowed to uh, set up generators during certain hours. People use solar. Uh, we have a solar setup where we just trickle charge the batteries to the camper and we run pretty well off of that. And the, the sun is bright and strong enough that you really get the most bang for your buck out of your solar panels. How about recreation there? Like what, I mean, you have the beach and that's sort of the overriding thing. I mean, there could be surfing, there could be surf fishing, there could be lounging in the sun. But what else is there there in terms of recreation? Sure. So there, there's a plenty to do. There's uh, biking trails. Uh, there's hiking trails on the, the uh, side of the campground across Montauk Highway. And we'll talk about that in a little bit that take you right down to a 40-acre lake, which they call Fresh Pond. The locals actually call it Hidden Pond because I I grew up my whole life on Long Island. I never even knew there was a big lake out in Montauk. There's uh, They have recreational programs with um, an environmentalist. There's, I had a nice chance to speak with this, the environmentalist that they have on staff. Her name is Brianna, and she told me that there are uh, educational programs for the kids in the summer. They have uh, a lot of things in their visitor center that are you know, geared towards the kids and towards environmental learning. There are educational hikes. There are, um, in the wintertime, believe it or not, there are seal hikes in some of the state parks out here. There's tons to do. Uh, the sandcastle contests, beach volleyball. There's fishing, uh, obviously fishing right off the beach. And uh, you name it, you can find it. There's tennis of places not too far from the campground. There's there's no shortage of things to do out here. And New York's there's, there's New York State Park system is is really excellent, and and such a wide variety of different types of campgrounds. Um, the the water is quite rough here, is it not? I mean, it is. If you're going to camp here, if you have kids, you you do need to take some caution with swimming in the Atlantic here. Is that right? I would say yes. This is definitely a, it's an ocean beach. It's a surf beach with an undertow, um, and the the surf can get pretty rough. But people people swim. Uh, you know, we've been in the water a bunch, and uh, it's uh, I mean, it's the ocean. When we go, I've, the last three times we've been there, we've seen seals in the water right out, you know, in front of the campground. So it's uh, but it's it you can swim in the summer, and uh, you just have to be careful if you've got little kids, younger kids, you've got to watch. Watch out for that. For now, sure. do you can you see the ocean from your site, or is the dune built up in such a way that you that you're looking at the dune and the ocean sort of just right over it, like at like Assateague State Park? Right, just like that. It's uh, the dune. You're looking at the dune, and you can hear the ocean from every campsite. That's my wife's favorite part of the campground. Is that we go there, we open up the windows, and you can hear the ocean from anywhere in the park, but it's, it's, you're, you're looking and you're seeing the dunes and then the, the ocean's right up on the other side of the dune. Um, and that's, that's actually really a benefit because there is a, a fairly steady southerly wind that comes off of the ocean that I think could become a little pesky if there wasn't a wind break like a dune to, uh, to help kind of slow that down. Does RVing get better than falling asleep at night to the sound of the ocean? 
No, it really doesn't. I don't it's, think it's, it does. It's just the greatest. Did yeah. you ever go there with the pop-up camper, or did you just start going here with the travel trailer once you upgraded? We, we've only been here with the travel trailer. So we, we had sold our pop-up camper uh, a few years back before we had gone here. No, but it would be great. Oh, a pop-up camper would be dreamy, though. It could get windy enough that it might kind of blow that blow the pop-up camper around quite a bit. Anything else with the mm-hmm. uh, facilities you wanted to mention there? I mean, it is a state park, yeah. so it's it's you know it's not an RV resort by any stretch of the imagination. But what else do they have in terms of facilities? Sure. So, so each loop has a bathhouse, and the the western loop that's the loop that we stay at for the most part i just i for some reason i'm drawn to it it's just it feels a little more woodsy a little bit more removed um that has the, the bathhouse that was probably the original bathhouse with the park and it's older but it's super clean and it's well maintained and um there are showers there bathroom stalls and there is no large sink for you to do dishes in this bathhouse um then the western loop is uh has a much more modern bathhouse it's it's absolutely beautiful they must have redone it probably within the last five or ten years and it's it's got shower stalls with uh locking doors you know family bathrooms things like that maybe it that might be if you're a little bit more comfort conscious and you don't have uh you know bathroom facilities in your rv that then the western the eastern loop i'm sorry may be more the one that you might want to consider just because the bathhouse is that much nicer then there. The campground itself is basically just shaped in the long rectangle. And then the center of the rep- rectangle is a roundabout. And directly in front of that roundabout is a visitor center that almost looks like a, like a, a, Co- a Coney Island boardwalk type place. You know, you've got the nice uh, beach shack type uh, architecture and a nice boardwalk. And in there you can... Um, they have a big visitor center room, and that's that's geared with activities and things for the kids. It's like a common room, a campground, uh, campgrounds common room. And then there's also two bathhouses there with showers as well. And then um, throughout the campground are water spigots to fill your tanks. It's dry camping. There's no electricity and no uh, no water. And um, the trails of the roads are actually paved and they're quite smooth my daughter abigail last trip we were there learned how to skateboard on the uh the roads there they're, they're that smooth and it's uh it's it's very well maintained they they keep it clean they they make sure the landscaping looks nice and for a state park i mean it's really great they also have a little general store that looks quite cute but i truthfully haven't been in it because we camp in montauk mostly in the shoulder seasons and the uh the camp general store is closed in the shoulder seasons but from what i understand they sell breakfast sandwiches and make lunch sandwiches and have ice cream and some of the bare essentials so but it's you're speaking my love language phil camp stores breakfast sandwiches what about (laughs) some big nearby attractions i mean we'll talk about some other things to do later but what are some of the really major things around there that you can do and see well, the real the, the big one to me is the Montauk Lighthouse, uh, especially if you're coming from out of town. Uh, that's at the very tip of, of the island. So you'll you'll head east from the campground. You'll go about, I'd say, seven to ten miles and you'll end up in Montauk at the parking lot for Montauk State Park, which is directly across the street from the Montauk Lighthouse. So with your Hither Hills parking pass, you actually can get into 
the Montauk State Park parking lot for free. So you don't have to pay the, the 8 or $10 it is to get in there. And um, you can also get into Camp Hero State Park, uh, which is another one we can talk about in a little bit. And again, and your parking fee is free with your Heather Hills ticket. And um, the Montauk Lighthouse, it was uh, it's the oldest lighthouse in New York State, and it's the third oldest lighthouse in the United States, and it was commissioned under the Second Congress by George Washington to be built in 1792. And it's really, it's amazing. I think it's 110 feet tall. And um, when COVID was not, uh, you know, in our lives, you were actually able to walk to the top and look out uh, the the viewing area, and you just got some spectacular views. Right now, you're you're not able to go up the lighthouse, go in the lighthouse, but there's a three and a half acre beautiful piece of property that's a, you know attached to the lighthouse. And um, I spoke with a curator the other day, and he was you know he was great. He told me that they have pamphlets that are filled with educational information, and there are a bunch of structures around the, the property. And there's a self guided tour that they have, and they've reduced the fee for admission to, to walk the grounds. And you get great views of the bluffs and the ocean. And uh, it, that, believe me, it would be a worthwhile thing. There's also a great museum attached to it as well. Uh, and it's uh, right now it's closed, but it's a, it's a museum that touches on the, uh, the Native Americans that lived in the area and a lot of the local history. And um, I believe the lighthouse was actually moved from its original place after it was built because of erosion. Um, that would be something to, to go back and check on, but it's, it's a, it's a great place. We we've gone there and spent plenty of time and it's just wonderful. It'll be a wonderful day when we get to do all these yeah. things again, you know, like, you know, it'd be kind of sad to mm-hmm. go out there and not be able to climb to the top of the lighthouse, but th- that day will come when we, uh, all these things open up again, we get to do these things again. Exactly. So what else do we need but, to know about this campground in, in terms of booking during the peak season? Uh, what, what other information do our listeners need? need if they're planning a trip sure so so this is by far the most popular campground on long island and a lot of the locals here you know love going here for the summer i mean a week in montauk for for three hundred dollars you can't beat it and it's uh so it books up really quickly uh you have to make your reservation through reserve america and I had a, a nice lady by the name of Linda who works at Reserve America spend some time on the phone with me today because I wanted to make sure I had the rates down and everything proper. Um, and it, the resident fee is $35 a night, and it's $225 a week uh, for a week's stay. And then non-residents, it's $70 a night, which is, uh, I know it seems kind of steep for a dry camping experience, but when you consider a hotel in Montauk, is averaged between three and four hundred dollars a night, seventy dollars a night. Even it is not uh, doesn't really seem so bad. And you've got everything in the East End to deal with. That's a so big you, jump you for can, the in-state residents to the out-of-state residents. I think that's one of the biggest jumps I've seen in price. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, uh, typically, you know, you know, I've grown up with that my whole life. Long Island is is um, you know, it's a it's a pretty tax-heavy place to live, and. Uh, so, you know, we're I'm used to just permits and fees and, and you know, resident versus non-resident. And I think it's, you know, just the cost of living is, is you know, 
pretty high out well, here. There's, I guess, there's a logic. Of, yeah, there's a logic to that, I think, because, yeah. you know, Hither Hills is not run through the, the camping fees. You know, that's just supplementing tax dollar fees that help a campground like that yeah. operate. So they're, they're just trying to, I guess, give back to the people who are the source of financial support for the campground to begin with. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the people who work there are, are really taking good care of it. So I, I feel like you get what you pay for here. I mean, it's, it's, it's well-maintained. The people are very friendly and happy. They're always willing to help you if you need something. And it's, it's, you know, it, it's definitely worth it because it's just such a unique place. And it's, it's, there's pride attached to it by the people who work there because it's, it's just, it's got that big of a reputation on, in this area. Anything else we need to know about booking in the summer versus the shoulder seasons? What other intel do you have for our listeners? Sure. So in the summertime, from uh, considered the peak seasons, that's uh, Memorial Day to Labor Day. There's a you have to book a week minimum, and um, that's just because the demand is so high. And uh, one of the things that struck me, and I, I, want, I actually had to call the campground and ask about this because I really i had never even thought of it. Is it you're not allowed to have campfires during the summer. Um, and I, I, I said, well, this, that's crazy. So the lady said, well, look, there's, there's two main reasons. The first is, you know, the layout of the place, it's, it's a typical beach place. So it's, it's flat. There's not a lot of trees. And there's a lot of people here and it, it smoke can become an issue and and people wind up having have had in the past i guess you know people smoking each other out and, and uh, with their fires and it's it's so because it gets so full and so crowded they can't you know they don't want people to to have bad experiences because of that and the other thing too is it's a, it's full, you know, it's an exposed campground with a lot of sun, the, the, the grass and the brush, things dry out in the summer and, you know, winds are, uh, beaches are windy and you got to worry about brush fires, you know? So I think it's, it's a fire prevention and it's also, uh, uh, an experiential thing that they, you can't have campfires. Um, they have lots of organized activities during the peak season. Like I said before, in a sand castle, castle contest, beach volleyball, they have the environmental education programs and hikes, the, the camp stores open. Um, and then the shoulder seasons, that's where my wife and I and the kids go. Um, there's a two night minimum. And uh, if there are any single night openings, they're basically available on, on a, like a first come, first serve walk up basis. And you are allowed to have campfires because it's, the campground's less uh, crowded and um, the shoulder seasons have a tendency to be a bit more green. So you don't have to worry so much about fire. Um, and the, the camp store uh, is closed, unfortunately, during the, the shoulder seasons. But um, you know, there's a there you're the type of person who always wants to get breakfast at the camp store. There's a great bagel shop, not even a half a mile down there, uh, down the road called Goldberg's, and they have uh, the the greatest everything flagels I've ever had. I love them. They've got nice coffee, um, and uh, you're five minutes from Montauk if you want to drive into a diner, so it's not a problem. But really, the big thing with booking here is that. If you, you're planning a trip and you want to try to get there in, in one of the more popular times, uh, it's nine months to the second, not even the day or the minute. It's to the second. People and you still are, probably got to get lucky, or, right? And you, Yeah, and sometimes you still have to get lucky. 
Now, uh, uh, the, the shoulder seasons is the first secret. The second secret is weekdays. If you're able to take some time off during the week and do, you know, two or three days or three or four days in the middle of the week, you will have much better luck getting into this campground. And it's completely worth it. When I am older and, you know, hopefully you know, retired and having a motorhome, I, I can't wait till I flip the script and, and I don't have to camp on the weekends because of the kids mm -hmm. and I can camp during yeah. the week. And I know a lot of retirees do that. And it's just a great way to get the campground to yourself. So we're going to come oh, back yeah, and we're going to come back in a second with Phil. And th thank you so much for all that wonderful information. And we're going to talk about some things to do in the area. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Vet. Aquabio is a new twist on holding tank treatments. It offers today's RVers a formaldehyde and bronopal-free formula. Thetford's next generation of holding tank solutions is campground-friendly and complies with California regulations. The quick-acting holding tank treatment eliminates odors while digesting waste and toilet paper to prevent clogging, and clogs in an RV toilet are not fun, all without any harsh chemicals. It's also proudly made in the USA. Thetford's new Aquabio is formulated and tested safe for all RV and marine toilets, holding tanks, and septic systems. It comes in liquid, toss-in, and dry options. I prefer the toss-ins. That's just the habit I've been in for the last 10 years. But you can visit Thetford.com to get more information and check out all of their great products. Phil, welcome back to the show. I'm just loving listening to you talk about this campground. So what are some um, of the, uh, it's it sounds great. Yeah, I'm enjoying talking about it again because you're you're bringing back some good memories as I look outside at the the cold, rainy, gray day right now. So it's uh, um, this is a treat for me as well. So what so, are some so things to things do in the area? So uh, we talked about the the lighthouse, um, and there's a lot of really nice hiking also near the lighthouse at the Montauk State Park. When you, you get to the lighthouse, you'll see the, the actual lighthouse facility. And then there's also a very large um, visitor center type facility just to the east of that. And they have a nice overlook there where you can sit out and look over the water. They have the, uh, the viewing telescopes. And then there's actually uh, a small kitchen inside where they, they can serve up some quick serve lunch food. And there's restrooms and things, place to, to get bite to eat. Uh, further down, you'll start to see some trails, uh, entrances for trails. And if you walk down those, those are those are the roads where a lot of the the, uh, the surf casting guys actually take their trucks and they'll drive down in. And there's a then it, it accesses you right to the north shore of Long Island, and you'll be looking at Block Island Sound or Napeague Bay, depending on where you are exactly. And there's miles of coastline that you could just walk. Absolutely gorgeous, beautiful ocean coastline. It's like you're in Maine, right out on the tip of the island. I was there, uh, my second to last trip there, I took my son James and we just did a father-son weekend and we went surf casting down there. And uh, it was the two of us and two seals that just decided to hang out because they saw us fishing and they wanted to be around. And like there were these big gray seals, probably about, 150 feet away from us and they just milled around. I mean, it's like, it's like you're in another world. And that's something you'll, uh, you guys will both remember forever. I'm sure. Oh yeah. It's great. I mean, it, you, you just, it's, it's neat because it's home and you, these things are in where we live. And that's, that, that as a dad to be able to show that stuff to your, my son is really, uh, it's, it's special. You know, there's another place 
that you can access uh, right near the, the lighthouse. It's called Camp Hero. And this place is actually kind of neat. It's uh, an abandoned World War II coastal defense station. So this place was established back in the 30s and 40s to, to protect the east coast of the United States from a U-boat or a naval assault. And there's a giant radar dish and there's a whole bunch of, you know, brick and concrete buildings and, and abandoned barracks and other things in there. And you could walk the ground in this place and explore. And it's it really kind of got like a neat, almost like twilight zone feel to it. And uh, there's a bunch of trails that you can hike all around there. They're in the, the, the bluffs and by the, the coast. And it's, it's just a really neat experience. And the, the one piece of advice that I've been told over and over again is to just do a little bit of research on it before you go, because there's not really a lot of written explanations as to what you're looking at there. It's just more of an opportunity to walk the grounds and explore, but there's no like, educational piece to it that, that really would kind of fill that need. That's a great but tip, but if you lo- do a yeah. little bit of Googling, it'll all come to life for you. Exactly. And it's, it's a really cool place. And it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's a very unique, I mean, got a cold war feel to it. You know, another, uh, place that's very popular, um, is, uh, the ditch plains area, ditch plains beach. That's a very well-known surfing beach. And, um, that was, you know, one of the areas that was made famous in that show, the affair that was on showtime, I think it was. Uh, and, and when you go out there, you see a lot of different, uh, you know, things that, that were on that show if you you happen to watch it uh but it uh you can rent uh you can get surfing lessons and you can you can uh surf out there it's a good surfing and bodyboarding beach and uh very very popular if uh, you ask a lot of people you know their favorite place of montauk ditch plains is like right up there and there's uh shet Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Does downtown Montauk is it is it charming? Is it overly hip? Is it is it very expensive? I know this is like a retreat from you know for people in New York City with lots of money. I mean, is it overly gentrified? Does it still have a rustic feel? It it has downtown Montauk has a rustic beachy feel, and it's a very charming place, and it's got like a very neat traffic circle. One of the buildings. Um, used to be a hotel i think it was back you know probably in a i I don't even want to give you a decade because i don't know but it's an old hotel from a long time ago that's been converted to condominiums it looks really nice and then on top of that you've got all the the businesses and restaurants and 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 places to go shopping on on main street but then all in the streets surrounding there heading towards the water heading back behind the water it's a it's got a nice feel to it it's just a, it's just a really great uh great town they have great ice cream great uh restaurants if you're into pancake places there's a couple of really good diners right on the main street they have your typical you know your your tchotchke uh, touristy shops where you got to get your montauk sweatshirt and bumper sticker and things like that but then there's also more you know boutique type shopping uh where you can find a little different type and a unique type uh you know things to buy there and it's uh it's a great it's a great town it really is 
There's now, uh, some good videos on YouTube that you can like take a drive through Montauk and you can see some of the stuff, you know, see what it looks like. Now, my last question for you as we wrap up here, I think, you know, you've been in various different seasons. I think you've camped here in spring, summer and, and fall and maybe even late fall. Do you have a favorite season for, for visiting Montauk? Yeah, I, I, I have to say early fall. It's uh, it's absolutely beautiful. the The weather on Long Island is mild enough where you're not freezing, and it's there's no bugs, and uh, it just it's warm during the day, and you could really use the beach, and then it cools off at night, so you really appreciate your campfire, and the sunsets are amazing. And really, my one of my favorite things about this place is the night sky. It, it is like when, when the campfires die down and it gets a little bit later and the moon is up and you step out of your camper, it, it's like you're in a planetarium. And every time we've been there, we see shooting stars. We bring our telescope. We use the star finding apps. Um, there was a, a rocket launch in Florida, and I actually saw the rocket do an afterburn sitting on the beach from Montauk. I thought I was looking at a comet. I called a good friend of mine who lives in Florida, and he said, no, we just had a rocket launch. And he, he laughed at me. Amazing. But it's, it's amazing. The sky is just like nothing you could you could beat. And There's if, a light if, pollution. If you're listening to the podcast and you're like, what, this is Long Island? I mean, you just have to look on a map because Long Island goes really far east out into the, out into the Atlantic Ocean. So you are pretty far yeah. away from the city and, and any light pollution. Yeah, the light pollution is really cut down dramatically, and it's just it's phenomenal. So, I mean, we did the the sunset tour, the dune sunset tour in Cape Cod, and this past you know this past fall, Leslie and I were out with the kids, and the kids were playing, and we were sitting on the beach, and I and I said to her, I said, this is the same thing as Cape Cod. This is our this the sunset tour. We didn't even have to do anything. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It really is. I was just going to say, I, I just can't wait to get out there with you guys. Now, you did have one additional tip I want to make sure we get in. On your last trip, you discovered that there's a place that drops off RV rentals out here as well, which yeah. could be a cool option for people that don't own an RV yet. Right. And I, I was I wanted to absolutely make sure that we talked about this. So every time we've been there, I've noticed that there's been campers from uh, this this company called Sunny Days Rent uh, Camper Rentals, and the last time I was there, I actually had a chance to to uh, talk to one of the people setting up, and it actually happened to be one of the owners. Her name is oddly enough Sunny, <laughs> and uh, her fiance Charlie. Uh, they own this company, so they started out in 2018. They had one camper, and by 2019, they had seven. And they're what they it's a full service uh, camper rental where they come, they they'll drop off the camper. It's the campers have all the basics for you. You'll have, you know, your paper plates, your, your, you know, paper napkins and towel, paper towels, you know, utensils. Um, they even give you some basic cleaning supplies. You have cookware due to COVID. They no longer have bedding. Um, but you bring your own sheets. But other than that, it's it's pretty much all there. Then they have a ton of add-ons. So like if you're someone who's never camped before and you don't have the gear, don't worry about it. You could rent a generator. You could rent a screen house. You could rent uh, 
a canopy you, and pretty much anything you could think of that she told me they have that you could kind of add on to your rental. I love and, entrepreneurs that do small businesses like this yeah. that make the, the RV experience maybe more accessible to somebody that doesn't want to plunk down the money and buy one, but is still interested in the experience. I mean, I, w- I would love to try yeah. this place personally. Yeah. And they're great. I mean, that's the other thing too. Like, and I almost fell off my chair when she, she was telling me that she said, you know, when it's time to check out, you don't have to wait for us. There's no papers to sign or anything like that. You just put your stuff in your car and go and we'll, we'll take care of the rest. So, I mean, it's really like, you can't, it's a, can't be more of a, a better way to introduce yourself into the whole, you know, experience and, and their rates. I don't know if I'm allowed to say things like that on the, the sure, air. But sure, sure. Yeah. So, their rates are amazingly reasonable. I mean, for uh, $85 a night for a pop-up camper and 125 to 135 a night for any one of the other travel trailers, depending on the model. They have hybrids. They have fully solid. Uh, I think they make uh, different sizes. And now, you know, again, you might say, well, you add that to the 70, that's a lot of money. But the truth of the matter is still you're experiencing one of the, the greatest places uh, on the east end of Long Island for, you know, under $250 a night. I mean, basic hotel rooms are three, 400 bucks a night out here. That's and great. then not to mention, yeah, not to mention too, you also have within 15 miles, not even, you have all of the Hamptons and everything that comes with the Hamptons, uh, tons of, of eating and, and, and eclectic shops and, and, you know, the celebrity sightings and all sorts of things there and tons of history everywhere. And, um, you know, there's a nice hamlet called Sag Harbor, which is a little further, but worth the visit. And, uh, you know, there's just, we could, take five episodes to talk about everything that there is to do out here. Well, I just, um, I appreciate you coming on so much. And I, this really, like, I can hear your passion for, for this campground and I'm just dying to get out there and, and meet you uh, out at Hither Hills campground. So Phil, thank you again for coming back oh, on the show welcome. and promise me you'll be back again soon with either some gear conversation or another great campground review. Uh, I'm a phone call away. All you got to do is pick it up and I'm there. All right. Thank you, we'll Phil. Meet you at the campground. All right, Phil. <laughs> see you at the campground, bud. A big thank you for listening to this episode of the RV Atlas. And a big thank you to our sponsors, to Jayco, the Thetford Corporation, Go Power, Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts, and RV Snappad. To find out more about the topics discussed in this show, visit thervatlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, join us over at the RV Atlas group on Facebook. See you at the campground. We'll see you at the campground. <laughs>